Well, thank you so much for being at Valley Point Church today. I also want to welcome all those who are watching online. And I want to say congratulations to our graduates as well. It is going to be exciting to see how God just continues to work in and through you to accomplish whatever he wants for you. Please know you always have a home here at Valley Point and wherever God takes you. We look forward to you coming back once in a while maybe a lot, hopefully, to check in with us and we'll have the opportunity to encourage you. So grace and peace to all of our graduates. It is really good to see you on the final Sunday of Moses in May and a little bit in June. We have made it to the end, but let me just say there is so much, so much that we can discover about Moses and the Exodus, and the Israelites, and this period of time in history. So I would encourage and challenge everybody to do this. Continue to read the first five books of the Bible that give us a glimpse of the life of Moses and the history of Israel. Keep doing that, and any other book that you can pick up on the life of Moses or the Exodus, that would be a great thing for you to do, so that we can keep learning and keep discovering. We've hit on the highlights, but there is so much more to learn about Moses, the Exodus, the Israelites, and this period of time. So I would encourage you to do that. And I want to say this in relationship to the formation of themes here at Valley Point Church. I spend a considerable amount of time praying and thinking about what God wants us to teach and to hear as a church. What do we need to hear? What are people saying and what's happening within culture? I take all of that, pray over it, think about it, and then develop content that helps. And then this year we did this. We established a one-year goal, a rallying cry of sorts, where we said we want to be better together as a faith community. And so I run every theme through the grid of being better together so that there is cohesiveness and purpose in what we are teaching all year long. As I think about Moses in May and a little bit in June, here's how this fits into our one-year goal of being better together. Here's the statement. Investigating the life of Moses will draw us toward a loving God as we find ourselves in the narrative. Remember, throughout this, we we keep saying, it's not just about Moses, but place yourself into the story. And to discover what the story teaches us about God, about humanity, and about ourselves. Finding our story in Moses' life will draw us into a better together kind of faith community as we allow fear and doubt to dissipate with a reminder of God's presence and provision. Okay, those are some really long sentences. The power of the long sentence, right? You're not thrilled with long sentences, I can tell. Now, I have no expectation that you would remember any of this. I just share it with you so that you know we are working hard at running everything through the grid of being better together so that when we study, when we read scripture, when we think about what God is saying to us today through this ancient text, there's a sense that it's helping us accomplish our one-year rallying cry. 
So we're doing all of this on purpose, and I hope it certainly feels like that. Okay, let's do this. I want to share a final big idea with you. So this is the seventh big idea in our theme. If you want to review the other six big ideas, and I would encourage you to do that, you can find that within the app or under the talk notes on Sunday resources within our website. Please do that. Here's week seven, our final big idea. Do not forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. Now, it's a little cheesy. I understand that, but I hope this phrase sticks with us because it was a concern for Moses as he nears the end of his life and as he talks to the crowd in front of him, the nation of Israel, and we'll get into that in just a moment. As he addresses them, he's really concerned that they're going to forget about the presence and the provision of God. And so the whole book of Deuteronomy is dedicated to don't forget to remember everything that God has done for you. So we left Moses last week at Kadesh Barnea, and I want to put the map back on the screen so you can see that Kadesh Barnea is over there on the right-hand side. Egypt is on the left. After hundreds of years of knowing nothing but slavery in Egypt, God, in a dramatic way, brought his people out of slavery into freedom. They headed down into the Sinai area there and then eventually made their way back north to Kadesh Barnea. That's a really significant location. And I want you to remember the name of that, Kadesh Barnea, because it should inspire you to not forget the presence and the provision of God. Because here's what happened at Kadesh Barnea. After years of slavery, God's people are finally free. Things are going well for them. They get to Kadesh Barnea, which put them right on the edge of the promised land, the land that God wanted them to have and the land that God wanted them to enjoy. They get there and they doubt what God could do for them in the promised land. They get a little frightened. And so they begin grumbling and complaining like, we can't go there. We can't enjoy that. That's not for us. And as we discovered last week, they're just miles away from this land that God wanted them to have. And because they grumbled, God said, you're not going to have the opportunity, this particular generation, you're not going to get the chance to go into the promised land and enjoy it. So they wandered around in the wilderness, setting up camp, tearing it down, setting it back up and tearing it back down and just wandering around in small circles for about 40 years until the generation that doubted and complained against God was gone. Out of that doubting generation, only Joshua and Caleb were allowed to enter into the promised land. Now, if you remember from last week, there were a bunch of spies that went into this promised land and they came back with reports. Twelve spies. Ten came back with the report. We can't do it. It's not for us. We will get crushed and we will be destroyed. And maybe we should just go back to Egypt and be slaves again. But Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, no. That's a really bad idea. And we don't think that's what God wants for us. We should go and take it. But again, the people grumbled and complained. So they had to wait another 40 years before getting into the promised land. And God allowed Joshua and Caleb, these two faithful spies who came back with the report of trust and reliance on God to actually get into 
the promised land and enjoy it. In Numbers chapter 20, which we're not going to read that today, we find that Miriam, the sister of Moses, dies. And Aaron, the brother of Moses, also passes. So they are no longer part of the story. When we step into the book of Deuteronomy then, this great Old Testament gem of a book, it's the last book that recounts the life and the story of Moses. We find that Moses now is about 120 years old. He's an old man. And he is about to pass from the scene. Before we read what he shared, I want to give you some fun facts, some stuff we need to know about the book of Deuteronomy, because we don't tend to spend a lot of time in this book. We often kind of blaze through it and get on to other things. But this really is a very dynamic and unique Old Testament book. And here's what we need to know about it. It consists of a series of farewell speeches by Moses, who is 120 years old at this time, and it is addressed to the new generation. Okay, so the generation that grumbled and complained, they are now gone, and there's a whole new generation. And Moses, as this ancient leader, really, kind of stands up and shares some things with this new generation, like, here's what I want you to know. And I don't want you to forget to remember everything that God did for your parents and for your grandparents. So this is a series of farewell speeches. Moses reminds the new generation of the importance of trusting in God and relying on him in significant ways and being obedient to God. Basically, he said, don't act like your parents and your grandparents. God has something new for you as a younger generation. The Hebrew title of Deuteronomy, it's a Hebrew word. It means the words. And that's exactly what we find in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1. It says, these are the words of Moses. And again, we have these farewell speeches, and we'll read them in just a moment. The book was written at the end of the 40-year period in the wilderness. So the wandering is done The generation that grumbled and complained has passed. And here is this book written for this new generation in approximately 1405 B.C. when they were at the edge of Canaan or the promised land. The other interesting thing about the book of Deuteronomy, it was written in about one month or it contains a one-month time frame. So there's 34 chapters. It all happens in about a month. It's Moses saying, okay, here we go. Now, get this. They are told in the book of Deuteronomy to hear 50 times. So again, farewell speeches of Moses. Hear this 50 times and then do, keep, and observe. We find them 177 times. So just keep that in mind as we walk through this. Moses is really encouraging them, hear, listen to me, and Do keep and observe what God wants for you. So picture this now. Moses, this wise, seasoned leader, is 120 years old. He's probably got a full head. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But I picture him having a full head of white hair and a long, flowing beard. He's just a picture of 
this amazing leader who has endured so much, and he stands up in front of this new generation, who it's likely they were not a part of leaving Egypt. It's likely they weren't even born at that period of time. They didn't endure the plagues. They weren't part of the crossing of the Red Sea. And they weren't there when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses and then Moses shared them with the people. They heard the stories. Maybe, maybe they heard the stories if their parents and grandparents shared them. But they didn't have the chance to observe all of this. And I think Moses all of a sudden is concerned. They don't really remember a lot of this. And so I have to share with them, please, don't forget to remember the presence and the provision of God. So I want to do this. I'm going to read from Scripture in just a moment some of the farewell words of Moses to this new generation on the edge of the promised land. It's their day. It is their opportunity. And I want to encourage you to listen carefully because I think there is something for us today. Okay? These are ancient words given to a specific group of people embarking on a specific mission. But I think there's some really good stuff for all of us to take away as we think about the presence and the provision of God and not forgetting that in our lives. So with your Bible or your device, please join me in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading with verse 4 in just a moment. Before that, I want to note that in chapter 5, it's fascinating to me that Moses reviews the Ten Commandments. We find them listed again, just like they are listed in Exodus chapter 20, when God gave the commandments to Moses. Here are four commands to help you be rightly related to me and give them to the people so they know how to be in a right relationship with me as their heavenly father. And then there are six commands that talk about being rightly related to other people and give them to the nation. Well, Moses reviews all of that in Deuteronomy chapter 5, which I find to be fascinating because those stone tablets were in the box. And if you know anything about Israel's history, they carried around a box, also known as the Ark of the Covenant. And inside the box, which was a symbol of the presence and the provision of God, the Ten Commandments were right there. So the nation's been walking around with these commandments, but Moses takes one more opportunity to look at this young generation and say, these 10 things, okay, focus on them. It's what God wants. And then he steps into chapter 6. Here's verse 4. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates in the future. 
your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Then you must tell them. And what you find in Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you keep reading, is Moses encourages the nation. You tell your children and your grandchildren about being enslaved in Egypt and recall that. And talk about the exodus, talk about the plagues, talk about how God provided in the wilderness food and water, share all of that, remind them of the stories is what Moses is basically saying here. If you skip over to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 12, Moses continues with his farewell speech by saying, for when you have become full and prosperous, and have built fine homes to live in. And when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. And then we have verse 15, which really is our big idea. Do not forget See, Moses is so frightened that this new generation will forget what God had done. And so he's just reminding them, do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. That sounds great, doesn't it? Oh, and he also did this. Don't forget to remember that he gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Wow! Moses knows the temptation for this generation would be, hey, look at all of our success. Look at what I have done and what I have built and what I have saved and what I now own. And so he's going back and saying, look, do not forget the presence and the provision of God and everything that he has given to you. And oh, by the way, keep passing that on to your children and to your grandchildren because they need to hear about this as well. They need to know God did all of this for us. God did it. I have three takeaways as we kind of conclude our time with Moses and based on just a few words from the farewell speeches that Moses gave to this new generation. And I hope you find these to be encouraging and challenging as well. Three of them. Number one, it is good to review what you already know about God. It is really good to do that. And I think sometimes that becomes old for us, like I kind of know that or I have that. Keep in mind, this is Moses telling a generation whose parents had observed miraculous things like freedom from slavery and walking across the Red Sea on dry ground and the provision of food when there was no food and provision of water when there was no water and a promised land. 
they saw more miraculous things than what we'll probably ever experience in our lives. And Moses, just a generation removed from all of the miraculous stuff, said, hey, remember, go back and review that. It's really important to do. So if that was important for them, one generation removed from miraculous stuff, the hand of God being really evident, how much more important is it for us to constantly review the hand of God, answered prayers, and things that God has done for us in providing and sustaining us. That's the challenge here. It is good to review what you already know about God. And then I want to add to that, repeat some good things. Kind of rinse and repeat, right? So review some good things about God and then just keep repeating those things. Here's how I would encourage us as a church, to walk through this. I believe there are three distinct ways that we can review what God has already done and then continue to repeat them. It sounds like this. It's when worship is a lifestyle. And we've talked about this. Hopefully you remember this. It's when worship is a lifestyle. And here's the action step that lives this. I will spend at least one period of the week listening to God through his word and one period learning about his son Jesus in community with others. And the focus here is on my friendship with God. And when I listen to God through his word, when I'm doing that on my own and feeding myself, and then when I gather with a few other people like this or in a small group or with a friend, whatever that may look like for you, whenever that happens, Boy, I am growing my friendship with God, and worship is more than something that happens for 60 minutes on one day of the week. It's me responding to God through my own time and through time in connection with other people, and worship becomes a lifestyle. It's something that happens on Monday through Saturday as well. So let's just review this and repeat it. I think it's what God wants. So it sounds like when worship is a lifestyle, it also sounds like when connect is a priority. And here's the action step that lives this. I will choose to regularly engage. And here are some examples. Hospitality, sharing a meal, a conversation with someone, a prayer with somebody, with people inside and outside the church in order to grow my relationships with others. And the focus here is on my friendship with other people. And it's good just to review this and to repeat it. It also sounds like this. It's when go is a passion. And here's the action step that lives this. I will selflessly serve inside and outside the church in order to live the gospel and surprise and delight others through a passionate, outward-focused faith community. And the focus here is on my life significantly impacting others. So think about this now. When worship is a lifestyle, when connect is a priority, and when go is a passion of mine, I think we become people who live as sent ones, and God uses all of that to have great influence on our families, on the next generation, and certainly everyone around us. And I think that's the heart 
of the book of Deuteronomy, these farewell speeches from Moses. Hey, don't forget to remember and repeat the good stuff because this is how our influence grows. So it is good to review what you already know about God and then repeat some of that stuff. That's the first takeaway. Here's number two. It is good to lift up and pass on to the next generation stories of God's presence and provision. It's really good to do that. And I will say I kind of forget sometimes about taking this step with my family and with those who are younger than me, just reviewing and reminding people of here's what God has done and here is how he's worked in my life and how he's answered prayer. And I can track all of that from the time I trusted in Jesus alone to rescue me. And you just kind of forget about that because tomorrow is a new day and there's new things there and you have to go and do that. But part of thinking about the life of Moses and placing ourselves into the story, into the narrative, is that we do have a responsibility to pass on to the next generation what God has done. So the implication here is that we have something to pass on to the next generation. You cannot pass on what you do not possess. Right? So what's your faith story? What's your story of trusting in God and how he has done something for you that you never could have accomplished on your own? Do you have that kind of faith story? If not, the encouragement is to step out in faith and place yourself in a position where only God can come through. And then when God accomplishes only what he can do, all of a sudden you've got a faith story and this is your story. It's not somebody else's story. You're not standing on someone else's shoulders. You're not pulling from their well. It's what God has done personally for you. And you now have the opportunity to pass this on to the next generation. Here's my story of faith. Here's what God has done for me. So you can't pass on what you don't possess. I think from the life of Moses, it's about possessing some great faith stories so that I can share that with my family and with the next generation. So the encouragement here, it's good to lift up. It's really good to do this and to pass on to the next generation stories of God's presence and his provision. One final takeaway, uh, grandparents and great-grandparents, you are absolutely essential to passing on faith stories to the next generation. You're absolutely essential. And one of the things I love about our faith community is that there are generations that worship here. You know, even as I look out at you, we're not all the same age. There's a lot of different people that God has brought together into this family of faith. And if you are a grandparent or a great-grandparent, or that's coming for you soon, just know that you are absolutely essential and needed. Don't let anyone tell you that you are too old or you don't matter or your stories are old-fashioned or they don't work in this culture anymore. It's absolutely not the case. And our communities and our church needs 
grandparents and great-grandparents doing the wonderful work of getting next to these generations that are coming that may not know the stories of God's provision and they need a little help in pursuing that. Don't be afraid to do that. You are absolutely essential. So do it with passion. Do it with passion. And if your grandchildren and great-grandchildren roll their eyes, so be it. They roll their eyes all the time anyway. Just go for it. And know that God can use you and your words and your love, right? That can't be denied. God will use all of that to help the next generation get to the edge of Kadesh Barnea and make some really good choices about stepping into God's provision like this generation did. So grandparents, great-grandparents, you're a really big deal. You're needed in this church and you're needed in our communities. Okay, I want to end by reading the obituary of Moses. We actually read this on week one, May 2nd. We started with this and I want to go back to it. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 34. It's the last chapter of the farewell discourses of Moses. Deuteronomy 34, verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him in a valley near Beth Peor in Moab, but to this day no one knows the exact place. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear. And he was as strong as ever. The people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. And then get verse 10. There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. May that be said of all of us and may God give us the strength now as we move from this theme into another to not forget to remember the presence and the provision of God and then let's pass that on to the next generation. Father, we come to you just so grateful for seven weeks of thinking about the life of Moses There's so much to discover, so much to learn about who he was, what he said, how he lived, how people responded to him. So God, I pray now that as we conclude this, you'd help us just to take it all. And whatever it is that you're whispering into our hearts right now, whatever takeaway, whatever big idea, whatever verse, help us to take that and choose to do something with it, to live it, to share it, to help ourselves and our families and those around us where we live, work, and play to see you as well. God, I think when people looked at Moses they got a glimpse of you and your love and how you operate and I think the same can be true for all of us as we step out in faith and trust and obey and then love people the way 
you want us to, whether we agree with them or not, whether they're like us or not, it doesn't matter. If we just love people the way that you want us to, I think we're going to act a lot like Moses and we will have significant impact everywhere we go. So God, use Valley Point Church. Use everyone here. Use everyone watching online. Use those coming next hour as well. Just to be people who trust you and take the faith stories of your presence and provision for us and share that with others. So God bless us and help us not to forget about the life of Moses, but help us to take it and use it everywhere we go. We ask this now in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.